Well, we are so excited for our new Ecclesiastes series to kick off next week, and we hope to see you all out there. Uh, and so as Pastor Bob said, my name is Noah Graves, and I'm the executive assistant to the pastoral leadership team here at NBC. And I've just been so thankful for my new position here over the past few months at the church. It's just been such a great joy to serve you all and get to, to be on staff. Uh, I'm also a uh, part-time online grad school student, um, so I've been pursuing a Master of Divinity in Biblical Studies. So I've really just been enjoying you know, getting to be here at the church, serving you all, and then also doing some school online. And so as we come into the new year, uh, I just was really kind of surprised by one of my highlights of 2022, because one of my favorite things of last year was the New York Giants. And if there's any New York Giants fans here, you'd know that the last few years have been pretty painful. Uh, The amount of wins that we've had over the past three or four years, we could probably count on one hand. You know, the team's just been losing games, bad players. It's just been miserable. Uh, But this past year, we just completely turned things around. I mean, the team is winning games. They're looking good. Today, we even have a chance at securing a playoff spot, which is exciting. Uh, And so you kind of want to wonder, you know, how did they just turn it around all of a sudden? You know, they didn't get new players. They didn't get more, you know, salary or anything like that. And the answer to that question is through Brian Dayball. If you don't know who that is, that is their head coach. And he came in, he completely turned everything around. Uh, The team is now very respected. They have a good culture, culture of winning. Uh, It's very serious. And they just had a complete 180-degree turn uh, for the team. And so what I want to try and answer today is, can America do that? Because you all look out the the past few years and just see how miserable that things have been in America. Do you look around the country and just see so much ungodliness, how there's just so much sin? And this country says, you know what? Sin is good. If if it feels good for me, if it's it's my truth, I can do it. I can do whatever I want. There is no God. That's what our country believes. And there's just so much darkness. There's so much division where it feels like our country is split in two. There's no unity. There's so much hate. There's so much anger. And there's just absolutely no mercy, no grace, no forgiveness. And ultimately, in our country, as we all can see, there's just no love. So how could America turn it around? How could America have that 180-degree turn like the New York Giants had this year? What I'm going to testify to you today is the only way that America can have that 180-degree turn is through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ. It's through that man, and it's through the gospel. I am convinced that that gospel is sufficient to change lives. I am convinced that that gospel is sufficient for spiritual revival in our country, to see changed lives, changed hearts, and new life in our country. And so today, as we talk about this urgent need for the gospel in our country, we're going to be looking at John chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, which reads this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so the first question that I want to ask all of us in the room here today is when we look at America and we see sinners in our country, and we see sin happening, what is our response? What is our response? What is our heart towards sinners? Would any of us agree that sometimes we're guilty of having a judgmental and a critical spirit? Would some of us agree that sometimes we have a hard heart towards them, where we look and we see people who are of that political side, or people who are of that religion, or who pursue that kind of sin? Is anyone else guilty? Because I know that I am, where I just look down and and I'm guilty of judging them Would anyone else here agree to that? The second question that I want to ask us today is what is God's heart towards them? 
when God looks down at the world and he sees the sin happening in his creation, what is his response to that? Let's take another look at John chapter 3, verse 17, which says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so God saw it all. God looked down at his creation, not just at America, but the entire world, and he saw so much wickedness. He saw so much sin. He saw a rebellion directly against him. He created a beautiful, perfect creation, yet we tarnished it and ruined it with our sin. We rebelled against him. And so God saw all of that. He wasn't blind to it. He didn't look away, but he looked down and he saw the sin. But you see, God's response to that sin was not condemnation. God did not send Jesus down here to judge, to critique, to get angry, to blow up with us. But no, he sent Jesus down here to save us. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. God saw those who were suffering. He saw those who were lost. He saw those who were just broken deep down inside with a a problem called sin. And his response was not condemnation, but his response was salvation through his son. Because the truth at the end of the day is that all of us are sinners. As Romans 3 says, For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so as Scripture says, there is no distinction. There is none. There is no this group where we are, where we're these righteous sinners and we're, we're more holy, we're, we're less sinful, and then this group of extra sinful sinners. But we're all sinners. As Scripture says, we are all guilty. We've all fallen short. Sure, some of us may have sinned a little bit more than others, and some of us may have sinned a little bit differently than others, but we have all sinned. We've all done it. We've all turned against our Creator. We've all chosen our own way. We've all chosen a life filled with sin. When we take a look in the mirror, we see that sin, and we are all guilty. But the good news, the great news, the amazing news is what Jesus says in Luke 5, which says this, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so Jesus did not come for those who think they're righteous. Jesus did not come to those who think, hey, I've got it all together, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I'm good. Jesus did not come for them. Jesus came for sinners. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So let me ask you today, is that person that you find your heart hard towards a sinner? Is that group of people that you find your heart hard towards a sinner? Are you a sinner? Know that Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came for that person. That person who is a sinner, that group of people who are sinners, that is exactly who Jesus came to save because they need to be saved. And the only Savior is Jesus Christ. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So that is God's amazing love for the world. That is God's amazing love for the world. So in 2023, church, may we behold and see the love of God. See the love that God has towards us. See the love that God showed us on the cross through sending his son. May we see the grace that we have received, the love that we have received, the salvation that we have received through Jesus. And when we look out at America into 2023, May we put off that old self of a critical spirit, of a judgmental heart and a hard heart, and may we put on the new self that is being made new in Jesus Christ and show compassion, grace, and mercy and see the sinners that God sees and see the need for salvation that God sees. May we see the salvation that we have received and look to boast and tell the world of that salvation through Jesus. 
But how do we do this? How do we do this in 2023? How do we impact America with the gospel in 2023? Well, I'm going to argue today that there are two main ways that we do this. The first way that we do this is that we show Christ. We show Jesus. Matthew 5 says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so I have truly seen this happen in my own life. Because for me, I've always been big into sports and exercise. I played a whole bunch of intramurals at college and all that, and I always loved it. But then towards the end of college, I started doing all this stuff on my own, where I wanted to exercise alone in my dorm room. And then when I came home, I wanted to exercise alone in my basement. And it was just miserable. It led to me just hating my exercises. Every day, I just dreaded it. And it was awful, and it was just terrible. But then by the grace of God this past year, he provided for me a membership at our local YMCA. And this completely changed everything. Because no more was I just going to get a 60-minute exercise in. No more was I just going in to get a quick workout in. But I went to that YMCA with a purpose. I went to that YMCA with a mission. That when I stepped in there, I was on a mission field to show the love of Christ. To be a light for Christ in that YMCA. Even though it's just the littlest things. The littlest things of just a a small smile or letting someone else grab an exercise equipment. God can use that. God can take the littlest acts of light that we show towards others far more than us being cooped up in our own homes doing nothing. May we as a church truly be a light for Christ. And so let me ask you all here today, where in your life can you be a light for Christ? For some of us, maybe it's at work. Maybe it's at work or the grocery store. And I know we have some of our kids in the service here today. Maybe it's at school or a sports practice or a band practice, wherever it is. These are all opportunities to be on mission for the gospel. These are all opportunities to be on mission for Jesus Christ. That where the world is so used to darkness, where the world is so stuck in darkness, we can go out there and be a light because a light shines the brightest in the darkness. And we are that light because we have received Jesus Christ. We have that gospel, that redemption living within us. And we could show that light to the world. And God could truly take any area of your life that you look at and you see is miserable. And he can turn it around and use it for a mission. To be on mission for the gospel. And show the love of Christ. And the second way that I would say that we impact the country with the gospel in 2023 is that we share Christ. We share the gospel. And as I was thinking about this, preparing for this, I was reminded of, uh, for our past year, we had a fall retreat with the teens. And I got to share with them that back in my years in high school and teen years that I have many regrets. I have many regrets. One of them is I regret that I quit the trumpet. I wish that I had kept working at that. And I wish that I had tried harder in school and applied myself. And I wish that I hadn't quit basketball and kept giving that a go. But by far, the biggest regret that I have, the thing that weighs the heaviest on my heart, the thing that I still regret so much to this day is that I had so many friends in high school on the football team, the golf team, just in school that didn't know Jesus. I knew so many people that didn't know the Lord, yet I never shared the gospel with them. I never told them the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. And it's too late. It's too late. Sometimes I wish I can go back and do it, but that's just not reality. That's not reality. But the reality is in 2023, there are people in your life. In 2023, there are people in my life that we all know don't know Jesus. 
whether it be someone in our neighborhood or at work or at school, and it's not too late for them. It's not too late to share the gospel with them because they are still here. 2023 is still here. We can point them to the Savior. We can point them to Jesus Christ because our world is suffering. Our country is dying. It is so dark. It is so lost, and they need a hope. They need a light, and they need a Savior, and you know who that Savior is. I know who that Savior is, and it's Jesus Christ. And so in 2023, we have the blessing to point them to Jesus but maybe you're still like me. Maybe you're like me and, and, and you, you think, hey, but no, how do I practically do this? Because in my head, yes, I want to share the gospel with someone. I know exactly who it is, but how do I actually do that? Well, when we look into the book of Acts, we see many different times when the gospel is being preached and proclaimed and we see salvation. For example, we see Peter who just boldly preaches to thousands. We see Paul and Silas who are cooped up in a prison and then they get set free and then they encounter the prison guard and they tell him the way of salvation through faith. And we also see Philip who's this outgoing person who was led by the Spirit to go up to just some random Ethiopian eunuch and he told him the gospel. And so what I'm getting at here is that there are so many ways to share the gospel. There's not just one way to do it. There's not just one way to do it. Maybe for you, you are a bold extrovert, and you're going to go up to that random person in Dunkin' Donuts or the side of the road, and you're going to tell them about Jesus. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you're more comfortable in your home. I know that there's many families here today. And so maybe for your family, it looks like inviting that family over for a meal, enjoying a good meal with them, and then maybe even sharing the gospel with them. For some of our kids here today, maybe it's over a sports practice, a band practice, whatever it is, there's not only one way to share the gospel because the truth is the message of the gospel does not change. Salvation through faith in Jesus alone is the truth that does not change. But the way in which we tell that message, where we tell that message, that is up to you. You have so much freedom. You could tell anyone and in any way what the gospel is, but the gospel doesn't change, and that is faith through Jesus Christ, his eternal life. But how do we actually end up doing this? Because for me, I know so often I know exactly who it is that I want to share the gospel with, I know when I want to do it, but then once that time actually comes, once I stand there and it's time to do it, I find myself failing. I find myself chickening out, listening to all those reasons and those voices going off my head saying, don't do it because of this, don't do it because of that, be awkward, it'd be weird, how are you going to do this? But how do we do it? How do we go from wanting to share the gospel to actually doing it? Well, as I was, as I was thinking about that question, I was uh, reminded of my favorite sports player of all time, and that is LeBron James. And he was not always my favorite sports player. It was not until the 2018 NBA playoffs when he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that team was just horrible. It was terrible. He had no help from his teammates, but he single-handedly carried that team uh, to the NBA championship. It was the greatest sporting accomplishment I had ever seen in my life. Night after night after night, he was just doing just record-breaking statistics. It was incredible. And this led to me having this passion and this fire to LeBron, for LeBron James, where now I watch all his games, and I love talking about him. I love arguing that he's the best of all time, and I love talking to my brothers, my friends about him. But no one ever has to force me to do that. You know, no one ever comes up to me and says, no, what has it been like? three weeks since you've talked about LeBron James? I mean, come on, you got to keep up the quota. You have to share, you know, what LeBron is doing with them. You know, that never happens. That never happens. It's because I love LeBron, and I love seeing what he's done so much that it leads to this fire and this passion to go and watch his games and tell people about him. I'm convinced that it's the same with Jesus Christ. 
But the thing with Jesus Christ is that what he's done is far more glorious than what LeBron James has ever done. What Jesus Christ has done is fully worthy of our boasting and our going into the world and being motivated and being pushed and being fired up for. And what has he done? What has he done? He is, it's the truth of the gospel. It's the gospel. At the end of the day, it's the gospel. So we need to look at the gospel. In 2023, we have to fix our eyes on the gospel and see what it is. And what is this gospel? This gospel is the truth. It's the truth that there is a God. Our country may say that there isn't a God, that we're just some random chance, some one in a million chance, but the truth is we are not. There is a God. There is a God who created the whole universe, and he's displayed his majestic beauty and glory in creation. He created the animals, the plants, the flowers, the oceans, the mountains. He created everything. When we look out in creation and see beauty, we see a little taste of God because God has shown himself in creation, his beauty in creation. But there was something that God created that was special. There was something that God created that was a little bit more special than everything else. And that thing was humanity. God created us in his own image. He created us in his own likeness. That's you, that's me. Humanity, God created us. And after God created us in scripture, God said it was very good. Not just good, it was very good. But then something horrible happened. And that was the fall of humanity. It was when humanity did not choose to follow God, but it chose to rebel and to turn against him. Humanity did not choose the light, but humanity chose darkness. It started with Adam and Eve in the garden when they chose to eat the forbidden fruit, and it continues every single day when you and I both fail and we sin. And so humanity chose a rebellion. Humanity looked at God and said, yes, you created me, but I know better. I'm going to go my own way. I am God. You are not God. And so humanity chose sin. Humanity chose the darkness. Humanity looked at the light and chose darkness. And so ever since the, the Garden of Eden, we've been stuck in darkness. All you have to do is turn on the TV and you see it, I see it. We see how broken our world is. We see how lost our world is. We know that something is wrong. We know that people shouldn't be dying. We know that people shouldn't be suffering. We look at our country and we know that it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be so divided. There shouldn't be so much hostility and hate and darkness. We know that something is wrong. And God saw that too. God saw that too. God looked down and he saw that his creation failed. He saw that humanity rebelled and turned against him. But glory to God that he did not choose condemnation. He did not send his son to condemn the world, but he sent his son to save the world. And so God sent Jesus Christ he came down in the manger, and he came down as fully God and fully human, as the Messiah, the Redeemer of the world, the Savior of the world. And so Jesus Christ lived a perfect, sinless life. Every time that you and I failed, every time that you and I chose sin, we chose to do the wrong thing, Jesus chose the right thing. Jesus chose to love others. He chose to serve others. And he chose to be a good, perfect example of what humanity should have been. But then Jesus did the most glorious act of all time, the greatest act of obedience, the greatest picture of love, and he chose to suffer. He chose to go to the cross. He chose to go to the cross that you and I should have gone to. He chose to take the suffering that you and I should have suffered, and he chose to die that brutal and painful death on the cross that you and I both deserved. And so Jesus was buried, and all looked lost, and all looked over, and all looked failed. As the Messiah was in the tomb, and it looked like the enemy and sin had won. But then on the third day, on the third day, we saw that sin did not win. 
On the third day, we saw that darkness did not win because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. This is not some good story, but this is truth, that in history, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He destroyed sin. He destroyed death. He brought the greatest victory of all time to the world, and that is the victory over sin and death. Through his resurrection, there is new life. Through his resurrection, there is new hope. And he proclaimed the good news that there is a hope for the world. There is a hope for our country. There is a hope for the darkness, that when we look out there and we see that something is wrong, we know that there is a solution. And that solution is Jesus Christ through faith in him. And he proclaimed that whoever, whoever repents and turns from the way that they were going and comes back to me, comes back to God and puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, that there is redemption, there is new life, there is the forgiveness of sins, and there is a hope and a light for the world, and that is through Jesus Christ and the Messiah, the Son of God, the hope and Savior of the world. So that, that is the gospel. That is the gospel that is what propels us forward in 2023. That is what gives us a fire and a passion for Jesus Christ. And so, church, in 2023, let's bring this gospel to the country because this gospel will not be stopped. God is on a mission, and that mission is to save sinners. So let's go out there and let's point our country to the Savior, Jesus Christ. As 2 Corinthians 5 says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So God has reconciled you. He's reconciled me to himself, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. What a blessing and a gift that is that we get to point our lost country to the solution of Jesus Christ. We get to point our dark country to the light of Jesus Christ. So that is our mission for 2023, to show the love of Jesus Christ and to share the way of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So as we close today, I want to invite the worship team up. And as we close today, I wanted to give a special word towards anyone that may be here today or anybody that may be listening online today that doesn't know Jesus Christ. I want to personally testify to this gospel. I want to personally testify to you about this man, Jesus Christ. Because for me, when I look back on 2022, I see that it was the hardest year of my life. I see so many battles that I went through and so much just hardships and suffering and just so many hard things that I went through. Yet the one thing that got me through it, the one thing that carried me all along through 2022 was Jesus Christ. It was the gospel. It was that even though, yes, I look out and I see in my life that things are not good and they are not the way that I want them to be, that I have a Savior, that I have a Savior and I have a God who loves me, who loves me so much that he would send Jesus Christ to save me. And I want to personally invite you to receive that love for 2023. What a, what a great way to start off the year and through new life and through Jesus Christ. So let me proclaim that way of new life through Jesus Christ, that through faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross, there is new life, there's new hope, there's the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ alone. May all the glory be to Jesus Christ because he is the hope of the world, the savior of the world. Glory be to God in the highest. Amen.